Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode. And we are excited today to sort of go outside of traditional artistic mediums and look at creating culture in Portland in a new way with our special guests, Lisa Ann Schroeder, who is the owner of Mother's Bistro and Bar. And Lisa had the idea for Mother's in 1992 while she was working at a market, working in marketing for Weight Watchers International. And then she spent the next eight years preparing to make her dream come true. And I'm so excited to get into it with her. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yes, we're glad to be considered creative. Oh, you. (laughs) I mean, the food scene in Portland is so uh, indicative of the city. And I think we're really excited to bring this into the conversation of just how it creates the culture. So thanks for being here. And um, yeah, we'll just start with the the big question, which is, how are you as a restaurateur creating Portland? Well, um, that's a very big question. And uh, Mother's is a dream come true. And I realized, you know, I always thought I wanted to be an artist. I thought I wanted to be a painter or whatever, but then I realized I didn't have the talent. It didn't come to me easily. Um, you know, I would, I would struggle with every brushstroke. And um, then I thought I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor because that's what a Jewish girl does from um, the East Coast. But that didn't ring true for me either. And, uh, but cooking always was near and dear to my heart. And I finally decided that it was time to take my part-time passion and make it a full-time career. And that has become my art. And when I first came to Portland, I came for a man. There weren't enough in New York. I had to meet an Oregonian. (laughs) And um, I came here and I knew I wanted to open up Mothers in a City other than New York. I just didn't know what the city was. And back in the late 90s, Portland was a city that needed me. You know, there wasn't that many restaurants. There wasn't a whole lot of restaurant culture happening in the Mm. city. And I felt like I could be a big fish in a little pond. And um, with a mere $250,000, I opened up Mothers in January of 2000 and basically using, scrapping together whatever was left from what was there before it was the Irish bank. And so I, you know, used it and painted that and scrapped it together and it became the original Mothers. And one of the things I've always believed is that I, I need to give back to my 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 city my I need to get back to my community owning a restaurant isn't just about feeding people but it's establishing a community it's having a place where people can meet and greet and uh, political organizations I believe in can have a space to mm-hmm. be able to meet and, and further their goals and so I have always used mothers um, not just to feed people but to give people a place to meet and further their goals. So, I mean, from day one, I did no one nine and, uh, you know, we had a benefit for that. And then it was no one 36. And then it was, um, 
it was for uh, Al Gore was running for president at the time and I did something for him. And I, you know, there's a lot of risk when you get involved in politics because you risk alienating people. But I always felt that it didn't matter. I need to follow my heart and my passion and be a part of um, a bigger community. And when I did like the Noah nine, we had fire dancers outside the window yes. and we had, uh, yeah, you know, we, it, it's just about giving artists another, a chance to express themselves. And we had an auction and we had artists who had donated uh, their wares for uh, the auction. That was a silent auction part of that. So I just, it's not just about the food. Yes. The food is one aspect and a very important aspect, but it's also being part of a bigger community. Wow. Yes, that is such a beautiful way to put it. And one of the, the themes we've been discovering on this podcast is that art is so much a part of space and spaces are so essential to art. And so how do you, how are you intentional beyond just knowing that you want to be involved in creating a space that is an activist space, that is a space for artists? How does that come out for you as a restaurant owner? Well, Mother's is my painting. And mm. I just moved my restaurant. Um, I moved my restaurant in January of 2019 right. from a location I had been in for 20 years uh, to a new location. And I, uh, one of the I, artists that I included in that transition was March 4th marching band. I've been a big supporter of that band. I donated to their bus at one time and as reciprocity, they were going to play a charity event. I said, well, I'm moving. I think I'm a big charity. <laughs> and so they marched us from one location to the other. So oh. I supported them. They support me. And mothers, when I was creating the new space, I mean, I shopped for every single stitch of everything that's in that location. That restaurant is 100% an expression of me, my mm. vision, and it's my painting. So, uh, you know, yeah, I used an architect, for example, to do some of the design. But, for example, they wanted me to use a plain old quartz countertop for my bar. And I went out and shopped and found a piece of granite that includes every color of mothers, yellow, mm. green, brown, gold. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't listen to her. I did what I followed <laughs> my heart and my vision. And um, every, I, there's so many fabrics there, for example, and I've got... I went shopping and shopping and spent looked at spent thousands of hours online just looking for the right fabrics that would express the warm and cozy feel that I wanted to exude from mothers. So first of all, the ambiance is an expression um, and it's an artistic expression of what that restaurant is, who I am and what I want people to feel. Mm. Uh, and then you add the food to that and mothers food, even when I had the idea in 1992, I wanted the food and the ambiance and the feeling that you got there to all exude warm and fuzzy and to you feel like you're walking into a warm hug and the food you're eating would have was prepared with love for hours on end to make it taste delicious. So even the food I serve is an expression of the concept of motherly love, food mm. that cooks for hours, that takes hours to prepare. So um, it's a unified vision of motherly love that goes from the food to the decor, to the service, to the community. And <clears throat> that it, it that is my creative gift to Portland. Uh. And um, I feel like it's uh, become 
it has become a staple, which is really mm -hmm. an honor. I mean, I never expected Portland Mothers to become an institution in Portland, but I'm very thankful that some there are people that say, you know, I can't come to Portland without coming to Mothers. Um, there is another thing, and that is that I I treat artists to meals when they come to town. Mm. So any performing artists that know about mothers, if they want to come and eat for free, I feed them for free. We have fed countless actors, musicians, bands from Katie Lang's band, Stevie Wonder's band, Los Lobos, uh, Robert Plant, Jennifer Aniston, Ron <laughs> Howard. I mean, yes. we feed all these people, the word is out. And uh, we it's just my honor mm. to give to them as a way as a way of saying thank you for giving to the world. Oh, well, we just want to say thank you to you. I mean, yes, this is such a Portland staple. I, Everyone knows mothers, and that's why I was so excited to have you on the pod. Um, I really love what you're saying about all this intentionality beyond just the food, and that's something I think a lot of of people just enjoying the restaurant are not taking in the kind of detail work that you put. I mean, I'm sure they're taking it in in a holistic way, but not in sort of appreciating how much detail went into every single aspect, very much like a painting, very much. I mean, I'm thinking of you as like a film director now pulling in all of those different <laughs> collaborators to make this final vision happen. Um, so what that makes me curious about is what sort of creative lessons did you learn from the first location and sort of the first iteration of Mothers that you applied then to creating that second space? Well, you know, I had eight years left on my lease when I left my old location. I did not move because I had to. The lesson I learned is that efficiency is the key to success mm. and joy. And mother's old location, I I swore I would never have a tiny kitchen. I swore that we wouldn't be working uh, under terrible conditions. I swore that wasn't what I wanted when I, when I was hunting for my first location, but I ended up finding something that had an amazing shell on the outside, but was horrible for the people working on the inside. Mm. And we suffered through 19 years of an office on the second floor, walk-ins <laughs> on the basement, um, broken up spaces on the ground level. And I was about to spend a half a million dollars to try to make better working conditions for my kitchen staff. It was hot in the kitchen. There wasn't enough cool air flowing in there. Mm. And um, basically it was gonna be kind of like putting lipstick on a pig. Like we, <laughs> there was nothing we could do to mm. make that space really work. And I was gonna do a pop-up and I found the um, location at the Portland Steak and Chop House. And I went to look at that as a place where I could do a mother's for six months while I renovated the back kitchen at my old location. And when I walked into that new space and I saw that everything was all on one floor, we had our own loading dock. My office could be right there. I said to myself, why am I going to spend money at this old space when there is this space that is so much more inviting, mm. so much better suited to running a restaurant? And so, oh, drop the mic. So I basically, <laughs> I'm so excited, talking with my hands, like, you no, know, I somebody's going to see this. <laughs> but um, I just realized I threw it all up in the air and I said, you know what? We need to move. I cannot, mm. I do not want to spend the money here. I'm going to take this money I was going to spend and make, and use it to move the restaurant. So the lesson I learned is that you need the right environment to thrive. You can't 
You can't paint a painting that's 30, you know, 10 feet high by 10 feet high in a space that's five foot by five foot. You need the space to be able to create with the the vision Mm. that you have. And so I just decided, and it was a big risk, and I took it, and I moved, even though I didn't have to, and um, left it with eight, and really had to struggle to find a way to get out of the lease I had to be begin a new lease on life. Mm. Wow. Wow, that's so exciting, and I'm so excited about this new space. I only, I have to be honest, I've only eaten in the new space, and I do love it, but now I'm kind of oh, good. interested in what the old one was like. <laughs> no, you, you're not missing anything. I mean, a lot of people say lament. Oh, it had such charm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so cute. It was so scrappy. I mean, it was it was pieced together. the The new space is literally my my work of art, mm. and it's it's exactly what I envisioned mothers should be. The old space was me taking whatever I could and piecing it together to make it work. And yes, we renovated it. And yes, I bought gorgeous fabrics and did lovely things with velvet. And I had wallpaper in my velvet lounge with one, somebody called it, it looked like a horse thigh. Um, <laughs> it was such great, such great wallpaper. But um, it was really just a very difficult environment to work in. And I, I love my staff and I know how hard they all work and mm. we needed a better environment in order to continue to carry on. Wow. Okay. Well, I i mean, I could talk to you about your restaurant for days, but let's zoom out just a little bit to just the creation in Portland and culture in Portland as a whole. What, Lisa, is working for you? What do you see us really thriving and and having successes in? And then what about Portland culture right now is struggling and kind of a challenge that we need to work on? Well, I think we're all suffering with COVID. So Mm. all that creativity that I think was thriving before March 2020 has come to a standstill while uh, we get through this uh, very difficult time. Artists and musicians, artists can't show anywhere because everything is closed. Musicians can't play anywhere because everything is closed. Mm -hmm. And I, I I also feel that uh, a lot of creativity has been stymied because people are in this place of um, uncertainty. And, you know, even me, I was supposed to open my restaurant on April 29th, reopen. Mm-hmm. And the, the governor announced the Monday before that she was going to close things down for indoor dining on Friday. Mm-hmm. Then she announced today that she's going to open it back up yep. by next week. And I'm I'm like... I've already booked surgery on my knee. I uh, now I'm gonna, you know, yeah. I, I I I'm just like we're all being tossed around, mm-hmm. and it's very hard. And I don't know how many people can create in that environment when you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Right. So I mean, if you ask me in general, pre-COVID, I think Portland was a great place for creatives because we thought outside the box. Mm. We in Portland we didn't go by the rules. We didn't play by the rules. Um, and that made it a very exciting place to be. Um, but now I'm, I'm sad because I think we're taking all that was a positive energy and it's becoming very negative. Mm. And there's a lot of things to fight for, but we're not fighting for it in a positive way. It's just, 
I'm feeling just a lot of negativity, negativity over the management of the city, negativity over the management of the country that's still continuing on, even though there's Mm -hmm. a new regime. And I don't know how to get out of this for the sake of Portland and get us into a more positive direction. But I feel that none of us can create and in a pot without positivity around us. And I just feel like we're being downtrodden in many ways. And um, it's going to be hard to get out of this, this situation. Um, In general, though, I feel that it was a place that thought outside the box. And that's what really made Portland thrive is we didn't do things like other cities. We wanted to have bicycle lanes. We want to have great public transportation. We had a vision there for a while and now it's just kind of all getting stirred up and not um, in a good way. Yeah, it's definitely, oh, yeah, that hit a chord with me. <laughs> this is, I'm this, sorry. No, I know. but it's true. It's just, it's so unprecedented and it's so, unpredictable where we're headed next yes. if it's going to be positive and if it's going to be a growth space or if it's going to be pretty cynical and jaded after all this and rightfully so we've been through so much stuff this year it's like i understand why people are are feeling so down and feeling so tossed about like you're saying it is just such a hard space to create in. and i know i've been feeling that way creatively and that's why i made this podcast to hopefully get more inspired by other people who right. are finding ways to still create right now um and and you have a lot you have a lot of restaurants that are doing that you know every right. other minute they're making a new box and they're right. reinventing and they're you know pushing on instagram their latest um you know the latest way that they're going to survive covid mm-hmm. and i you know, I tried to stay open when COVID first hit. I thought people would need my Jewish penicillin because everybody was getting <laughs> sick and I thought they'd need my chicken soup. Mm-hmm. But thank God we averted a lot of sicknesses and, and Portland really didn't need um, my mother food delivered because everybody could make meatloaf at home. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of restaurateurs that are, you know, stuck through it and are thriving and there are some that are reinventing. But, you know, I'm like, I want to, I just said, uh, I got to hold off. I, you know, I have enough to do with taking care of my twin grandsons and homeschooling them. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to get caught in the, okay, let me try this. No, well, no, it's not working. Let me throw this spaghetti against the refrigerator and see if that'll stick. And, right. you know, it's just so much effort uh, and maybe not a lot of reward. So I just kind of stood by and I've been waiting mm-hmm. for it to be safe to reopen. And as someone sort of deep in the restaurant scene specifically, what have you seen as working through this pandemic? Like, what do you think did work amidst absolute see, chaos? I see the restaurants that are really thriving are those that were set up for takeout from the get-go and mm. ethnic restaurants, I think, are really thriving. Thai, Mexican, Chinese, right. Vietnamese food. I think all that is takeout is doing really well because nobody really knows how to cook Thai food at home. (laughs) (laughs) At least I don't. Um, So, uh, you know, you have some places like Eam that have come up with Mm -hmm. these boxes that it has the fried chicken and the amazing fried rice and and the Matt's barbecue stuff. And that is, it's great. It's a no brainer. Um, 
And I think they've been doing well and for a reason. It's it's the kind of food that nobody really wants to try to undertake at home. Yeah. I mean, we've had so many conversations on this podcast about just how white culturally Portland is. And that's sort of an interesting iteration of that is us just needing to get all of our ethnic food or from other cultures to, as takeout instead of making it at home. I didn't even think about that. Um, and then uh, this is my other thing I'm just curious about is what do you think is going to carry over restaurant wise from this time? Do you think there's any sort of because like for me, I love eating outside all the time. And so I'm like, let's keep those out there on the street so that we can keep having this much outdoor patio seating. But what else do you think is going to sort of transition over post pandemic? Well, I think people are getting used to getting food delivered and not getting up off their butts. And putting. <laughs> right. we, it might be nice sometimes to just sit at home, watch uh, The Crown and, and mm-hmm. get some uh, food delivered. I think people will stick with that. I, I agree with you. Outdoor seating is here to stay. And we just built an 80 foot long um, outdoor deck uh, outside Mother's. And I, I'm going to probably pay for those parking spots even when the city is going to start charging because I think it is a great thing to have outdoor seating and I like being outside. Um, I just, uh, I, I, I think that's mainly it that people will continue to get food delivered. And, and I agree. I think eating outside is going to, is going to stick around for a while. Yeah. And maybe even reframing new restaurants just as like having a takeout option from the get go. Cause I know that was not the norm for a lot of these big sort of prestige openings in Portland, but they really had to adjust quick. Yeah. And um, maybe some pantry items from a restaurant, you know, mm. my tomato basil you know, soup in a, in a quart container that you can heat at home, maybe some special sauces or, uh, you know, some, some items that you know, are hard and a pain in the neck to make at home, but easy to get from a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I saw quite a few restaurants going to sort of marketplaces to sort of yes. in the COVID restrictions so that people could come yeah. in and still buy fares from there. Really interesting. And restaurants are hoping that cocktails to go will remain, but I don't know if I I don't know that it's going to be that successful. I don't know that how many people want to pay $10 to get a cocktail to sip at home. Might as well pour your vodka on the rocks and throw in a lime and call it good. Right. <laughs> Especially because so many of them, you have to order food with it, which has been yeah my biggest that's holdback. A, it gets expensive. Absolutely. I just want the cocktail and that's it. And I'm also yeah. a New Orleans girl. So I'm like, let's all walk around in the streets and <laughs> have our cocktails there. But I don't I'm know. a Louisiana I wannabe. I love New Orleans. I oh, I go, I'm a love jazz fest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, well, I love New Orleans. I think it's one of the greatest cities. Louisiana's got some of the best food. I, I just love that state. Yeah. So yes. I, I'm a wannabe. Uh, okay. Well, our last thing, and I, we've sort of gotten into it, but just what is your hope? for the creative space of Portland in the future. I know you talked about positivity. I know you talked about continuing some of these positive things we've discovered with restaurants, but what what's the dream for Portland for Lisa Schroeder? The dream. The dream is to get back to dreaming Ooh. and to start to have a vision again and, and think to the future. What do we envision our city to be. So for so long, we've had leaders in the city 
who haven't had a vision. Um, and I'm not going to name names, but in the past, there were some leaders that really did have a vision. Vera Katz, and honestly, I felt Sam Adams really had a vision, wanting to have the public transportation, wanting the bike lanes, and living what they were imagining, mm -hmm. and a place for artists to thrive. I want us to go back to dreaming about what our city can be and all working toward that instead of always being against everything. Let's start going to working toward building mm. and not breaking things down. And um, I just want to get back to visioning <laughs> and, uh, and knowing how great this city can be. Um, and whether it's being creative, even with the homeless situation, mm. there's so many creatives there. Let's get creative. Let's think of ways that we can take care of these people and not just put a roof over their head, but find facilities to take care of their mental state or if their drug habit or their need to be in a community, whatever it mm -hmm. is, we need to start getting, using our creativity to take care of each other and the city and bringing it and stitching it back together from the broken down pieces that it has become. And then I think in that kind of environment, we can get back to creating when we're in a state of purgatory, when things are in chaos, when everybody's negative, you, you, I don't see how you can put out positivity, positive, beautiful creations mm. under those circumstances. You need an ambiance and an environment that supports creation. And I think the best way is to uh, start uh, in a positive way, working toward creating our environment uh, and making it a better place again. Oh, wow. Okay. Lisa for mayor. I don't know. That, just, <laughs> that sounded like the stump speech of the century. I mean, that is what I'm talking about. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, Lisa. This has just filled me with so much joy and hope oh, and I am just so honored to get to talk to uh, the owner of Mothers. Um, so yeah, thank you for being here and where can we find and follow your work? I guess we can go to Mothers, so where is that located? Mothers is at 121 Southwest 3rd Avenue on the corner of Ash Street and between Ash and Pine in downtown Portland. And we've got our website, mothersbistro.com. And we hope to now open that the governor has said all of a sudden from one week to the next, it's safe. So uh, we hope to open uh, by June, the beginning of June. Okay, great. Well, yes, I'm not sure when exactly this will air, but hopefully you can get oh. yourself to Mothers right when this comes out. Maybe we'll wait till June so that people hear okay. it, get hungry, and then go to Mothers right after. Um, cool. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lisa. And uh, yeah, good luck to Mothers. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, CreatingPDX.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!